This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. In this podcast, I'm joined by Andrew Rawson of Trailiant. We take a look into employment-related issues brought on by coronavirus, health crisis, and the economic dislocation. Lots of different issues to consider. I know you'll enjoy it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Andrew Rawson. Andrew as is the Chief Learning Officer at Reliant. And uh, I've had him on another podcast. He's talked about e-learning and a variety of other topics. And I wanted to talk to him today about not only that specific topic in the context of the coronavirus health crisis, but also what are the types of questions he and his he and his team are receiving from his clients and what type of advice are they giving? So first of all, Andrew, welcome back. And thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Oh, thanks for having me back, Tom. So, um, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm not sure pioneered is a word, but it certainly led the discussion in my mind on a wide variety of uh, e-learning topics and uh, compliance issues over the years. Uh, you've been in this field for a while. And I wanted to start off with the question of what is coronavirus discrimination? I would describe coronavirus discrimination as it's really discrimination spurred by fear of catching or spreading the coronavirus. You know, for instance, it can be discrimination against medical personnel because uh, they live in your apartment building and they're returning from work and you're afraid you're going to get infected or they may spread it. Uh, It's discrimination based on national origin because someone's afraid that the country someone came from or looks like they came from uh, makes spreading the disease more likely. And finally, and just to illustrate how rapidly things are evolving, you know, if you asked me this question three weeks ago, I would have said one form of coronavirus discrimination is discriminating against people that are wearing face masks in public because you're assuming that they, you know, have the disease and you might catch it. And now you discriminate against people that don't wear a face mask. 
So it's things are really are really evolving rapidly, and not all of these are illegal forms of discrimination, but um, um, they they it it's definitely a good indication of the larger problem that we have about it that we need to address people's fear. And so if you're absolutely right, uh, that face mask is a great segue, because if we had had this podcast in uh, early, mid, even late March, I might have had a series of questions for you about how should a company deal with uh, employees uh, when they are sequestered at working from home. But now I really want to turn it to many people are thinking, how do we reopen? How do we come out of this? Not so much what's our role and what's our business model, but how do we successfully get our employees back in a safe and and healthy manner so that they can operate. So how how are you uh, helping companies or how, how are you guys advising clients to begin to think through that issue? Well, it's interesting because, again, it, it's just it's changed so quickly. In the last couple of weeks, we've started to put together a, um, uh, a reboarding, or it's a term I just heard um, in the last couple of days for bringing people back. And uh, I think it's a good one because it describes what it means. But we're starting to put together a um, um, course material on the things that people need to know when they come back to the office to help them overcome fear, to show that the company is demonstrating leadership. And, um, you know, in large part, there's there's both the, the, the psychological and the physical. So the physical and, you know, I don't think anyone needs another lesson on on the proper way to wash our hands anymore or what social distancing is so the 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 physical well-being is fairly well well documented even though that changes a little bit but now we also need to focus on people's psychological well-being and that's why we're focusing on leadership because education does overcome fear and uh, while it doesn't eliminate it it can certainly minimize it and um, uh, we're encouraging leaders to communicate frequently uh, honestly, and quickly, because you know we all know nature abhors a vacuum. And if there's new guidance coming from the CDC and a company doesn't address it, um, if you're silent on it, then people always—it's human nature to tend to assume the worst. Um, and I think the other important thing is that you know the medium remains the message. So um, you know I don't know anyone that's actually doing it at this point, but you know, maybe there's something that's so important that if you can't get a video message out to people, maybe you record something and you, um, you send out that, 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 um, uh, audio recording as an email attachment to your employees because you want them to hear from a senior person, but that, um, the way you communicate is, uh, almost as important as how you communicate, what, what you say. Um, and the other thing we're doing in terms of getting people ready to come back to the workplace is um, we're making people aware of the changes they may see. doesn't mean that every organization is going to adopt all of these changes. But for instance, organizations that have a larger workplaces might implement a, um, a process where they want everyone to circulate in a clockwise direction. Um, Maybe other places have a, a, have a small mailroom, so they're going to close the mailroom because they can't have you can't have more than one person in there at a time, and they may distribute the mail mail uh, manual instead of that. So we're trying to to make people aware of the changes they may see, not that they will see, but they may see, so that uh, when they come back, 
they're better equipped psychologically to deal with some of these important changes in the new normal. Andrew, I was fully prepared to ask you about the need for compassion and understanding while employees are working from home, but you seem to have evolved several steps past that to really uh, emphasize the importance of leadership engaging in that precise type of communications, not only to those working from home, but those uh, getting ready to come back or even be reported. Why do you find that so important at this point? You know, I think both um, people and organizations all reveal their true selves under pressure. And um, every one of us is more pressured than um, uh, these changes and these stresses than, you know, for most of any of us in our personal or professional lives. And um, if an organization wants to come back to whatever the the old normal was eventually, they want to come back as a, a stronger organization, you know, culturally where people are um, more engaged as employees and more involved in, in um, feeling good about the place they choose to spend, you know, most of their waking hours, that now's the time for companies to walk the walk. You know, everyone says they're welcoming, say they're inclusive. Well, now's the time to show it. And um, on the flip side, just individuals now people are working from home and now they've got to mix the stresses of caring for their, their, their every everyone's under stress the person that's living alone has new stresses the person with a family whether it's it's there they've got younger children at home or they've got 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 older parents that they're living with um they're under stress and um because of these new stresses and because people are not surrounded by the traditional you know visual signals of professional behavior, people are more likely to let their guard down about thoughtful behavior. So in terms of being compassionate and understanding, now not to say that misconduct is now somehow acceptable in any way, shape, or form, but just to keep in mind that um, there's a new level of stress that everyone's experiencing. And just um, amongst our our peers, just to be more compassionate and understanding um, is the part we can play in helping contribute to that better organizational culture that we all want to be part of. I mean, the reason you want to contribute to having a great culture in your organization is because that's where you want to work. So I think that's why compassion and understanding are just um, incredibly important now, both while people are in the work from home mode and as we consider coming back up um, uh, as organizations come come to, uh, uh, to reboard. Andrew, one of the issues that I have been asked the most is is around employers communicating with employees about health issues, certainly about finding out if someone is symptomatic uh, for the coronavirus or other health issues, but also employees who may be worried about coworkers who are symptomatic. And this is probably one of the the toughest legal minefields I can think of in terms of what you can do, what you have to do, what you must do, uh, and probably several other must uh, other things that I haven't articulated. But how do you help an employer start to think through a process to deal with those issues? Well, it's funny, Tom. The reason you're being asked that so, so frequently is because it is the thorniest of questions. It's... Um, um, it is fraught with, uh, it, it, I believe it is kind of a legal minefield, right? What do you do if um, um, if you suspect somebody's sick at work and they say, no, nah, I'm feeling fine, right? How does a colleague handle that? How does HR handle that? Um, how do you handle the um, uh, 
the revised, uh, um, uh, you know, Family and Medical Leave Act rules around um, a sick pay. When someone says, I'm afraid of getting sick and I'm not sick and I don't have any symptoms, but are they allowed to be uh, um, uh, have paid sick time? So it's it's a very difficult and thorny situation. Um, we generally work with um, uh, our clients' law firms to come up with policies that reflect the current thinking. And you know, we've never done courses before that in there said, you know, this this is the reality as of this date, and you know, click this link to get the most recent um, the recent information. But it is evolving this quickly, and um, uh, there are just so many different. Um, uh, Different forces um, um, coming to coming to bear here between the federal guidelines, the state guidelines. Listen, we just read that, that the the Minnesota executive order now requires um, before you can come back to work requires organizations to have a uh, a reboarding plan and then train people on that plan before they come back to the office. What's the reboarding plan? How detailed does it have to be? What? How do you address the idea of like, what, what do I do if somebody, if I think somebody's sick? What, what are the rules on? Um, um, can we scan somebody, uh, um, you know, their forehead to see if they have a temperature before they come in the office? You know, what if it's ninety-eight degrees? Are, do we turn them away? Do, are we obligated to, um, you know, have them tested? It's it's. It's really a very, very difficult minefield to navigate. And the best advice we have is um, to be honest about what you know and don't know, because people do appreciate that. And uh, you do have to work with your local council because there's no way around this minefield. Andrew, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information about any of the topics we've talked about today, uh, where can they go? Well, if they go to just our uh, our homepage at uh, Treliant.com, Treliant is uh, the contraction of training and compliant, T-R-A-L-I-A-N-T, Treliant.com, there'll be information there. Andrew, I started this podcast to uh, provide uh, some clear and sane information to not only the compliance professional, but the greater business professional uh, about the coronavirus health crisis. We've been going about six weeks now, and the only thing that I can say is it is the podcast is evolving almost as fast as uh, the current situation is. So I am fairly certain I'm going to hopefully been able to get you to come back uh, in uh, the next several weeks because the situation will have changed and uh, we may have some additional guidance and additional advice. So I hope I can call upon you in the future. You know that anytime, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.